You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps after the Capitals blew a late lead, lost to the Florida Panthers 3-2 in Game 4 of the first round series with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. Of course, we'll talk about blowing the lead, Capitals losing Game 4, but the series is tied now. Carl, first of all, uh, going into Game 5, Wednesday night in Sunrise, first of all, kind of what do you think happened in that game? Like What, what led the Capitals to kind of blow that lead and then lose it in overtime? Well, first off, I think it was a pretty pretty good game, right? They they, they they played pretty they played decently well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's um I think more of the playoff type hockey that everyone has come to expect, you know, a little bit tighter checking, tight scoring games. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities given and, and the ones that were given were capitalized on, right? So yep. overall I think it was a pretty good game. Um I think you know, I, I'm not <laughs> I think the Panthers just played better. They played tighter. They did. Yeah. Um, you know, they they didn't. Uh, they weren't just trying to go out there and 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 look for easy offense and and free chances. And that's uh, that's what they what they needed to do. And unfortunately, they did it. I think they're still uh, still struggling in a, in a couple areas there. But it, it was it was a good game. I thought I thought the Caps were were hanging on there. And like everyone said, they were they were inches away from from closing it out and going up three one with that empty netter. Um, and I, I love I love going for that now. I think it's kind of it's one of the things that has changed over the last I don't even know like even five or six years where shooting for the empty net. Teams, yeah, yeah. Teams are more willing to to have guys go up there and, and shoot for it, right? You can ice a game just like that. And uh, I, I know there's the argument on on having a face off and down in your zone again, but I mean that that's exactly where you started in the first place, right? So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But anyways, I think it was. Overall, pretty good game. We were just saying before, I, I was watching it from, I think, eight rows up behind the the visiting team net, and I don't love that angle. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's tough to the, see the other end of the ice, too, right? It's tough to see the other end of the ice, yeah. And I like to, I, I guess, it, just the way that I like to watch hockey is I like to watch plays develop and stuff. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my favorite uh, spot, but it was nice being in the wild with the fans and hearing <laughs> some of the, uh, the chatter that goes on. I get to hear people complaining about not shooting up close and personal instead of uh, from on the ice. So I know how much you love that. It was my favorite. I almost turned around and, and said something <laughs> to the guy to explain why they don't do that, but I figured I'd just let it go. So it was interesting, though. It was, it was pretty good atmosphere in that building. There are times, though, you're watching a game, and like I forget who had it last. I think it was Connor Sherry had a situation last night where he went in and looked for a pass. I'm like, put the puck on net there because Bob, at that point, he was fine, but you put the puck on net, you shoot for a rebound, you might have a better chance. Yeah, they, def- they definitely passed up a couple opportunities that uh, I saw at, at our end there um, where for sure they should have shot the puck. But at the same time, I guess to explain it for anybody who is listening that... Yeah, uh, first that, of all, first of all, for anybody in the arena, do not yell, shoot, because Carl hates that. 
We hate, everybody hates players it. Players hate that. Just yes, me. players hate that. Yes. I, I was going to explain to the guy behind me that um, if somebody was just taking the puck and shooting it every single time, me as a, as a guy who likes to block shots, I'd be, I'd be licking my chops, you know? Yes. Someone's just going to float one through from the red, from the blue line. Sorry. I would love that. It's an easy knockdown, you know, that it's so hard to find a lane Like you got to remember that there's, there's three layers of defense there. You know, there's the, the shooter up top. A lot of times there's a centerman too in the middle. Yep. And then there's the defenseman there all trying to block that shot. So a little floater, um, has to get past a lot of people to have any sort of effect. And if you float one through just to get it past that first guy, then what I'm looking for is to knock that puck down. And my, my winger who was trying to block yeah, puck is way. gone. Right? right. So these, these are things that people don't always, always, uh, see. And I understand, you know, you, the more, the more shots you take, the more opportunities you have at, at goals but it's it's extremely hard to get pucks through in the NHL. That's why they say, man, this defenseman is so good at finding the lane to yep. get the puck through. You know, there's not that many players like that that can be that level. And so it's it's just one of the it's one of the things. But I, I understand the frustration because it, it seems a lot easier than than it is. Yeah, and look, the, the Capitals did like that's a very opportunistic goal by Evgeny Kuznetsov. Oshie lays out Sam Sam Bennett with that hit, which it might have been a, a sec, half a second late, but pretty clean hit. The, the league's not going to discipline him for but, like that sets up the play. Ovechkin springs Kuznetsov, pretty roof goal, and at that point, places going nuts. So you were you were there, like places going nuts, and you're thinking. Well, they got to hold on at this point. And the Capitals have been so good in those spots this season of holding on that it was just really a bad bounce off a of Hathaway right to to Sam Reinhardt for that that tying goal with 204 left. Yeah, exactly. It's uh it's funny too because if you if you watch that the way they're they're playing that 6 on 5, you know, they're they're setting up shots, guys are taking the one-timers, you know, big yep. heavy shots and then and then the one that ends up finding its way through was the most harmless shot of them all, right? It's just yeah. It's, you know, it goes back to saying, you know, every shot's a good shot and it, it's hard to get them through. But he, I don't even think he was, uh, who was it, Ekblad that shot it? I don't even think he was yeah. shooting at the net. I think it was going quite wide and it just finds its way to bounce back towards it. And it's, you know, so I, I guess it's, I guess maybe it sounds a little hypocritical that you you find a way to get it through, but that doesn't happen very often. You know, that's a, it's a lucky bounce and you're outmanned because obviously the net's pulled, the goalie's pulled, but you know, it's just the way it is. But I, I was going to say too, uh, just kind of breaking off on something else that I find interesting is, is coaches are pulling the goalie so much earlier. They are. Too. Yes. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Is there some sort of analytics? I don't know yes. about why there is. Okay. There, yeah, there, hit us there, with there, it if you know. So, so there is. Remember Patrick Wall when he was in the league a few years ago? He did with like six minutes left. Yeah. That was extreme. So the, the, the coaches have a new, um, on, on the app, the, the iPad on the bench you guys have been able to see, the coaches mm-hmm. now have a thing on there that gives you the average time that a team pulls the goalie. So like okay. if you're leading, it automatically pops up on the app, Florida to pull goalie with like 304 left or whatever like their average is. So everybody kind of knows that already. So I think the, the whoever's trailing tends to try to beat that number. And mm. Brunette actually said last night, he almost pulled Bobrovsky's shift earlier. And remember, yeah, if he that. does that, then Marcus goes in on a breakaway, game over, and, and because he, uh, because then Bobrovsky had to make that pad save on on Marcus on the breakaway. He was considering doing it earlier because he's just like our, our team is so good six on five at doing this that I think there, there's some there is something to be said. And John Cooper did it the other day, down a goal, down two goals, even down three goals. So it makes it look like more of a blowout than it actually is. 
But mm. th- there is something to be said of more f- six on five time leads to fewer. Like there's, there will end up being more empty net goals eventually. But there, there, there is something in the numbers that say you are way more likely to score six on five in the last three to four minutes of a game than five on five. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, I guess the way that I look at it though is like when when you're the team that's down, you you have a push, right? You have yes, a mental push. And then Florida right? had that the start of the third period last night. Yeah, exactly. So I, for, I would be like, I would ride that as long as I can while we're still pushing, and then, you know, wait till the wait till the very end. See if we can score five on five instead of giving up, you know, an opportunity at a, a way easier goal against. Like all, the, all they got to do is get possession for three seconds, and and it's a it's a pretty easy goal. You know, empty net goals are are you know, relatively it, 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 easy, right? But like, but like shooting it from 180 feet away is not easy. It's not easy when you're under pressure. Yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, like if you're a good yeah. puck possession team and you know yeah. that with six guys on the ice, you have and, and six on five guys practice, teams practice this all the time. You know this. Like teams yeah. practice six on five drills so often, almost every practice, all the time. If you know you can hold the puck in the zone on six on five, then you 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 have a better chance of scoring six on five there, like a power play, than you do giving up an empty net goal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's just one thing that I thought was strange. We were talking All about the, as playoffs. the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, as the game was going on too, it was there with my father-in-law, and he, he could see that Bob was about to come out, and he's like, "Oh, here we go again." Because we watched it the other night with uh, Toronto and Tampa, right? And the goalie yep. comes out, and it's like, just you just he, the, the score gets blown up after that, and so yes. it, I can see why it would it seem weird. And it's just it's just one of those things that's developed. Right? More stats that we have the more it's developed, but, but yeah, anyways, it was down to the wire and it was, it was still good atmosphere. I, I hate to, uh, you know, I, I don't like to pick a fight with, uh, with in-game ops ever because they do a really good job, but I feel like we needed something in the crowd in the, in the stands on the jumbotron in between the third period and overtime. And that was, that could get the building a little bit more rocking, you know, cause you could feel the nerves in you that, feel the nerves, in that yes. you know, everybody, like the fans live and die with this team, right? It's it, it the you can tell how the players are feeling a lot of times with the crowd and vice versa. And um, at that point, I would have loved maybe like some throwback to the year the team won the cup, you know, on the jumbotron or even a bunch of overtime winning goals from the past, right? With some, you know, some. Well, didn't good... they do that? Didn't didn't they show the Joel Ward overtime goal from Boston? I don't know where in the game, but like they definitely showed some of those big goals. Yeah, I think it was because I was watching it. I'm waiting, not looking at the jumbotron. It was the black screen with the Caps logo bouncing around, and yeah. and the music you'd hear at Nordstrom while you're shopping around. <laughs> and I'm just like, so I'm just like waiting for it. I'm like, okay, throw up some, you know, even funny clips, something to keep, right. keep, you know, it's it's like the same thing you would do in the dressing room. Is you want to get people's minds, get the players' minds off of how big this situation is, right? And uh, I was just waiting for something like that. I think that would have helped the the crowd a lot, and it would have started the uh, the overtime with a little bit more energy. I think you're right. Let, let me throw the, the the behind the curtain on what my night like this is something like that on, on a game like that. So I, the way the elevator works at, at Cap One, I usually watch the end of regulation down in the media room. So like on television, <laughs> end of the game. So I go down like probably I went on down like four thirty left last night. I go down. By the time the elevator gets down there, there's a hallway where there's one TV that you basically have to walk backwards to see the TV get to the media room so i see the goal happen as i'm standing there in the hallway with one of the 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 panthers writers i'm just like well who scored i'm like screw it i'm going back upstairs i want to watch this game and so between third period and overtime i'm not paying attention to anything because i've got to write my capitals win story i gotta write my panthers win story and get my shit together because this is like for for kind of a a pressure situation and i've done this in the cup final that's a pain in the ass but once you have once i had both once i had like 400 something words written on both those teams winning i'm like 
so he can score now. And then, unfortunately for the Capitals, Carter Verhage scored. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I, I think that's that's neat to hear that you write one for each, right? You probably just tweak tweak little bits here and there. Oh and... no, they're to, they're two totally different stories. I'm a maniac. <laughs> Are they seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, we could, well, we, especially because a game like last night, it's such a big difference. It's Caps up three one and Panthers on the verge of elimination versus we got a brand new series two two. Those entirely different different circumstances. Yeah, I guess so. I guess if you're just breaking down the game, then it's different. But if you're actually leading That's into boring. the next one. Yeah. I, I, I essentially try to write as if anybody who's reading it has already watched the game or the highlights. Like, yeah. I, like, like anybody who's going to read it has some idea of what happened in the game. So it's like, okay, now what does it mean? Which is easier said than done sometimes. But like, that's what I try to do. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And that, I mean, that, that's the thing too, especially with deadlines and people want instant information. You got to, you got to kind of have it there, but it's. My it's, story was 450 words, like 30 seconds after the game's over. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's pretty... like, like that's 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 the game here. That's, everyone's like, "How's he cheating? How's he do that? You dictating those, or Fuck. are you typing those?" It's it's. Do you, do you actually do you dictate them, or do oh, you no, type I, them I, I I type everything out. Have you thought about dictating it? No, it's it's, it's actually faster to type it. Is it really? Yeah, and the, the, the hardest part is like like I'll go into the, the post game and I'll be transcribing as guys are talking and plugging quotes in, like sending it to to the desk saying, "Verhage said this, throw it in the story," and we had six hundred words out fifteen minutes after the game was over. Really. Uh, I guess if you're a fast typer, if you're like me, it's... Yep. Hey, look, look, you, you know what to do on the ice. I know what to do about what's on the ice. So we're, we're, we're completely covered here. Um, let, let's, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll hear from Peter Laviolette here at MedStar Capitals Iceplex about the, the capital situation now. We'll talk about the penalties and, and probably over-officiating, I think, in the series and in the playoffs and some more about what's going on with the Capitals and Panthers headed to Game 5 in Sunrise. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's playoff hockey. That's that's a series. And the series is full of moments that are good, high, and moments that uh, are low. And you've got to wake up every day and attack the day. And so, you know, we've moved on from that, and we'll get back to work and travel to Florida and get ready to play tomorrow. We've been a real good road team. We like the game that we the games that we played regular season and. Um, playoffs. We like the games that we played down in Florida, and um, guys have done a good job on the road. So we'll, we'll we'll get ready to get out and battle there. That was Capitals coach Peter Laviolette today at MedStar Capitals Iceplex. Uh, this is All's Caps, the former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP Hockey Writer Steve Wino. Uh, just that's got to be the perspective, right, Carl? Like just put put to bed Game Four, and, and this team is has played very well on the road. Yeah, that's it. There, there's momentum in games, but there shouldn't be any momentum from from game to game, right? Everything needs to be put to bed, and 
and you move on. But it's like what we said, you, you, you win a game you're up two one and, and you've got the series in five, no problem. And then you lose one. It's like, Oh no, now we're going to lose. It's exactly the way it works. And it's, it's how good the team is at, uh, at being able to put that to bed and, uh, and moving on. So uh, I, just like you said, though, they've been, they've been solid on the road. There's no need to change anything from what they've been doing. You know, it's a, you're still battling a really good hockey team when they, when they want to be. So, um, stick with it. So it's just, you know, it's, it just sucks to lose in overtime, right? Being right there. It, it's just brutal, but, uh, it happens. And I think it's, uh, it's what a, a true hockey fan wants to see is a good, good series with, with close games and, uh, and, and everybody's kind of on the edge of their seat with a little bit of adrenaline going. So I, I think most people are happy about that. You could argue this is the most entertaining series there is in terms of the games have been mostly close. I mean, the Capitals had the one blowout win, the one blowout loss, but you've had the close game in game one with the empty netter. You had the close game in game four. I mean, it's been entertaining. It for sure has been entertaining. I think there, there's been some action too after the whistles, some pretty good hits. It's overall a, a pretty good series. I mean, there's a couple other ones that I think the uh, the Calgary Dallas one's been that's been big pretty, boy hockey. Yeah, it's been that's playoff hockey right there. You know, that's uh, that's oh, Sutter yeah. Brand hockey. He's he's fired up about it. The city's fired up. So that's another series. I think that's pretty interesting. But, but yeah, this is. Uh, you know, I guess even the New York series has been really good. There's, been, there's always good. It's hot. It's playoff hockey. It's, play, always, it's first round. It's fun. Yeah. There's, it's the best round. It's the most, the most entertaining round. Everybody's, everybody's really happy. There's <clears throat> lots of fans because there's lots of skin in the game. So it's, it's good stuff. But, but yeah, the series itself is. Um, I, I mean, I, I still think the Caps are in a great spot to win this right now. So uh, I'm, I'm still, still on team team capitals um but but at least it's it's going to be a little bit longer than uh you know what we thought after game three i want to look up what the odds are for the capitals of of kind of of winning the series like what you can get the bet on right now i'm gonna look that up right now but i I, I want you i want to tell okay so you so let's say you're in that capitals locker room last night you're you're leading the game you give up a goal with 204 left what's the mood in the locker room in a situation like that where you give up a late goal i guess i don't want to bring up bad memories but that game in, in new york you guys had where be Beeks broke his foot. Joel Ward takes the double minor, and like you take the the tying goal like really late, and then the but then it was still you still got you guys were on the penalty kill again. It wasn't quite that stark, but what what is it like to be in a locker room when you give up a lead that late, and you're that close to being up three one in a series? It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, you it, you know as as tough as you are mentally, it's hard not to at least think for a second like oh man like we were so close because you're looking for any edge you can get in the playoffs, right? If you can end a game in regulation and not have to go to overtime and, and get up an extra, an extra game on a team, like you're looking for those edges. Right. And if you, if you just narrowly missed getting that, it's very frustrating. And, uh, and then the good teams right after that are able to completely forget about it and, and get back into it, you know, and, and us in that specific situation, I think we were still on the penalty kill going into overtime, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's not the position you really want to be in at all, but it, it happens sometimes and you, you got to find a way to get out of it. But same thing with last game. I, it's a, it's a team with, with enough, with enough experience, um, you know, negatively and positively to be able to get out of that situation. And, you know, just unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work out, but that was one of the comments that I was so curious to see about. They're saying, you know, Florida needs to do some growing up. And I, I totally agree with that. You know, that they, they have older players, but, there's there's one thing to uh, to be said for you know being grown up in the playoffs and and regular season um and some teams just aren't there you know and that it's a it's a very very hard 
mental grind in the playoffs. And so I, unfortunately for the caps, it was probably a, a good teaching moment for them, a good learning moment, but, but uh, yeah, it, it's not something that the team's going to go. Just the caps are just going to roll over and, uh, and let Florida do their thing. Right. So, so at, right now uh, it plus two forty on the capitals to win the series. So that means a $50 bet wins you 120. And that's, that's pretty good odds for a team that's played as well on the road as the Capitals have. And, and to me, it's a coin flip series. I mean, if the Panthers have found themselves and they get their power play clicking, the Panthers are going to win the series. If the Capitals mm. are ma- managed to keep the Panthers at scoring 5-on-5 five five goals, because other than that overtime goal last night, the Panthers scored 4-on-4 four four and 6-on-5. So the Capitals have been so good on the penalty kill and at 5-on-5 at, at five five defense. If the Capitals are able to contain the Panthers that way, they're going to win the series. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I mean, there's been so much special teams in this series, right? You said it earlier to me, and it's it's true. Like, there's I, we just want to watch some more five on five hockey. You know, we want to want to see who's who's the team that's going to win it like that. I mean, we go back to to the year Boston won, right? It's the the entire series that Boston played Tampa was was power play penalty kill power play and 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 Tampa was so good on special teams that year, and then all of a sudden game seven. It, it, the refs decided not to call anything, anything. and right. Boston was better five on five and they win that series and win the cup. You know, it's just, it's just uh, some teams are built certain ways. And, uh, and I guess as, as the opponent, knowing that, right, knowing if a team is very good special team uh, team, then stay away from, from penalties and then vice versa. So it's just, you know, things can, can change so quick, but I'm, I mean that that those are pretty good odds for the caps. I think it's that's worth a fifty dollar bet, and and hopefully everybody knows by now. Don't listen to me for betting advice. People were asking. Well, this is me, not a betting podcast. We're 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 not giving betting advice. I'm just telling you what the odds are. <laughs> exactly. Don't bet on hockey kids. It's a terrible yeah. idea. Yes, people were asking me before the game. I was out there at the the Caps fan van, um, meeting some of the fans walking in. They were all asking me who's going to score the first goal. You know what? What's the series going to be? This and that, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, you can listen to me if you want, but I'm going to be the first one to admit that this is not my thing. And so, so yeah, it's it's just it's just whatever. But anyways, good odds. It sounds like it'd be worth the fifty dollar bet. Yeah, and and we mentioned the officiating thing. So last night, I'm looking at the numbers now. Only forty four or so minutes of that game were played at five on five. And, and mm-hmm. 13 minor penalties called in the first 35 minutes. It just feels like, and I'm not saying any kind of, of bias. I just think there's been, and, and coaches around the league are, are saying this, GMs and all that, that there's just a little bit of over-officiating going on. Maybe some overcompensation from officials who, we all been saying, well, you don't call anything in the playoffs and this and that. It, that referees were told, call it like the regular season. I think there's just a little more ticky-tack calls that are unnecessary, making it too many power plays and penalty kills than we'd like to see. Yeah, and I get it. Call it like the regular season because that's what everybody's used to. But at the same time, like the games are more intense. Like people want to see who the best team is five on five, even though some teams are geared towards, you know, being better on the power play and stuff. I, I just I just kind of like to see the game get played without guys worrying about what they can and can't do and if it's going to change game to game, right? Right. Everybody typically knows that playoffs things get, you know, swept under the rug a little bit more. And they, I mean, can, they used to. This, this postseason's been a little different. Yeah, exactly. And so all of a sudden it's it's different and and it's hard to adjust, right? Like you want you want to have that that emotion, right? And that emotion comes usually from things that can, you know, maybe ride outside the lines every now and then. So, I don't know. I I I would rather um the refs kind of stay out of it a little bit more, but you know, the league wants things done a certain way and and the team needs to adapt as as fast as possible. So uh, I'm, I'm, it's just, I don't know, it's it's whatever at this point, but I, I like five on five hockey. 
Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can get some more of that, but that would be the thing that would be unfortunate is all of a sudden it changes to, you get away with a few more things and, uh, and the players don't know what to expect. Right. So it's kind of a, it's a balance there, but like even the thing with the, with TJ, TJ's hit. I thought it was a half a second late, but I don't think it was dirty. Yeah. People are kind of for the most, well, I, I should, I think they're more on the side of, they think that it was, it was dirty, but I don't think it was dirty either. Right. It's, it's the maybe one frame of 30 frames. Yeah. It looks like it might be dirty, <laughs> but but we can't be slowing things down like that. You know, things happen fast. I think you can see on on the extension of his arm that like it wasn't he didn't put his arm a, up. Right. Exactly. Like it was it was a good hit from a, a player that maybe was unsuspecting but wasn't wasn't not worthy of getting hit, you know? Like that was it's still yes. still a fine position to be hit. So, uh, I don't think that there was an issue, but it just it looks at the time you know the the reaction of the player and all that that it could be, but I think it was fine. I think it was a great playoff hit, big hit, and and, and you could even see Bennett Bennett's stick, his own stick, gets him and knocks the, the the helmet off. That's the reason why that happened. So it was kind of a lot of circumstances that led to it. It was a big hit. Like at the moment, yeah. you're like it was one of those whoa as you're watching it hits, and then all of a sudden Kuznetsov goes out and scores. Yeah, exactly. It's the reaction that happens. You know, a lot of times where the where the penalty is called, right? Even the one the was it the game before. That was called on Weaver. It was a, a trip after he lost the puck on the on, on the power play when like they were he was trying to obstruct on a basically what would have been a shorthanded break. Yeah, exactly. And and then if you look at it, it was actually his stick got stepped on, right? Uh, or and it was it was nothing that that he did wrong. It wasn't a penalty, right? But the things happened fast, and there's and there's a reaction from the ref, and it's. Uh, Something that they look at, they look at after the game and realize, oh crap, I missed one. But it, it's such a hard job to do. And They're really good, happen. by the way. Like once you go see international officials and go to the Olympics and World <laughs> Championships, you realize how good NHL refs are. So this is this is not a knock on on the quality of NHL officials because people like to rip that a lot. NHL officials are really damn good at their job. Extremely good. Like there's so much that's happening that fast to be able to get as close to being perfect that they are on offside calls on on icings all that stuff like to know if a puck gets tipped i would always try and mess with the refs and say that the puck <laughs> wasn't tipped or was tipped and stuff and and nine times out of ten more like 19 times out of 20 that they would have it right there'd be occasionally where i would i would shoot a puck over the glass or someone would shoot it over the glass and i would come up like calm and just say say no that was that was tipped and the lines would go was it actually i'm like yeah it was actually and and they'd call you know no penalty and then they look at it after in between periods and the guy would come up to me like man why did you do that like how am I supposed to trust you again because you, you said it was I'm like sorry we really could not have a penalty there and you know it's it, they're they're just they're good at it and you try and get on their good side so that they'll give you a break here and there but you know they're they're so good at at not having any bias that it's 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 tough to get around. That Ben Sherrod puck over the glass last night in, in, in Game Four, like I, we saw that. I thought it was rim around the boards, and we didn't even see that it just went right over the glass. Yeah, it, I honestly I don't know how they can change what they're paying attention to so fast, right? Like you're yeah. looking for you're looking for penalties, you're looking for offsides. All of a sudden, a puck goes out. Who touched it last? All these things, and they're just they're just spot on. You know, I I, I hats off because people give them a lot of shit and. And they they don't deserve as much shit as they get. Right. So so as much as we criticize kind of things, we realize refs are very very good at their jobs. Uh, when we come back on All's Caps, uh, we'll hear from Justin Schultz also today at MedStar Capitals Iceplex, looking ahead to Game Five and, and talk about what the Capitals need to do now in a best of three to win the series. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And obviously, I think everyone um, understands that wasn't our best effort uh, last night. Um, you know, we can play faster and um, get back to the way we played the first three games. You know, even game two, I thought we played pretty well. It's stretches that we didn't, um, that they capitalize on. But I thought we had a good series so far, and um, we knew it was going to be a long, hard, hard-fought series. So um, we're looking forward to the next game. That was Capitals defenseman Justin Schultz at Metstar Capitals Iceplex. Capitals didn't really skate today. Uh, off day, most of the scratches skated. Uh, this is all Caps, the former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Uh, Carl, I mean, this is, that's right, right? Like Everyone expected this to be a, a long series. Everybody who didn't pick the Panthers in five uh, in this series expected it to be a long series, right? Like The Capitals have to feel pretty confident about what they've done in this series. Uh, yeah, without a doubt, they, they do. I mean, we, we I think as Caps fans, we knew that they had it in them, but we didn't know exactly how if that was going to be possible right. until the first game of the series and then we saw it you know for ourselves and realized that yeah okay this is this is going to go um more of a direction that we think it's going to go in and it's interesting to hear him say that they don't think that they played played all that good because it, you know i think for the most part it looked like they played okay but that's just how high their expectations are right and, and what they know that they that they can do so it's kind of nice to hear that from them, knowing they, uh, there's another gear there, and and um, you know how how much of the credit goes to to Florida and how much of it goes to you know them just the Caps just not playing the way that they wanted to play. So it's it's just need to need to hear the, hear the players' perspective, especially after the coach comes in too. It's always nice when the coach comes in and and because they can give you a bit different of a view from behind the bench than you can being on the ice, right? You right. you get caught up in certain things on the ice, so they. The coaches uh, going in to talk to them is is kind of nice. I'm not sure what Lavi does. After. He, he, he doesn't go in. Yeah, he doesn't go in. So then there you go. Just just based off of what uh, what uh, what Schultze saw and how he felt. So it's yeah, it's neat to it's neat to hear. But I think that the they're still in a they're still in a great position. Like going on, it's funny. They're like the opposite of most teams. They're they're going on the road and they're happy, right? They're good. Right. Good, good road team here. And, and normally you want to be in your own building. So I think I think everything's looking pretty good. The other thing, Carl, I think I think the pressure's on the Panthers, right? Like, like everyone's picked picked Florida to win the series. They're the President's Trophy winners. Even with home ice, now you're going to have that building feeling nervous if something like that happens in on in Game Five. Oh, for sure. There should be zero pressure on the Caps, right? They they have, I guess, they have their own internal pressures of how they want to play and stuff. But but if the Panthers don't don't win, it's you know they they already had questions after losing last year to uh, to Tampa. Even though Tampa's you know they went on right. to win, still they they felt like they should have won. So you know if it happens again, like we, we know what it's like. And the thing I saw this the, the uh, yesterday too, it's the last the last eight Presidents Cup trophy winners, right there. A, a loss in the first round, six in the second, and and one in the third round. Right? It's just it's just a hard it's a hard road, and you have you have expectations going into the playoffs of how things are supposed to go, and then they don't go your way, and and this happens. Right? You 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 start asking questions why, and and it's hard to battle through the <laughs> battle through things that aren't happening the way that they're supposed to happen. You're the best team in the league, right? And so you know Florida's in that position right now, so they without a doubt feel that pressure.
And, and Ben Raby had a great stat the other day about the Panthers and basically the the, the losing the winning streak they had late in the season. They weren't playing a whole lot of playoff teams. And, and yeah. So he, he said the late the la- the thirteen game winning streak they had at the end of the season. Ten of those were against non playoff teams, which I guess gives them kind of an inflated record and an inflated sense of confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's. Uh... That's like the the good thing and the bad thing with the end of the year and having an easy schedule, right? Is you can you can pad your stats and get some points to to mess with your positioning and and maybe get home ice advantage. But at the same time, then you don't you don't get that test that you're hoping for leading into it, right? Like you like to play the team that you're you like to play the team that you're going to be playing in the playoffs. The, the kind of team, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think they even said too they played the Caps. When was it in November? Yeah, it was the last it, game was like November thirtieth or something like that. Yeah, so they hadn't seen each other for so long, so it's so hard to measure yourself up against that team. You don't have video um, of you playing them that's relevant. So I'm sure lots of things have changed in both team styles leading up to that game. So it's tough, but but yeah, they. Uh, it, I mean, it could also be that that thing where you need to face a little bit of adversity and then all of a sudden you just just go sure. nuts, right? Like the Caps did when they won. Um, it's, it, it, I don't know, I guess they're just working through it right now, but, but you know, we're hoping that, uh, we're hoping that they can continue to stay sleeping a little bit. I, I don't want to dwell on this because it's, it's a hypothetical, but the Capitals, if they had not kind of laid an egg in those two Islanders games, they'd be playing the Rangers now. And the Rangers don't look all that scary. Igor has, has kind of blown up the past couple of games. And now you got a, a tougher Florida team where maybe the Rangers would have been an easier matchup. We're not in that spot, but it kind of is a, is a, a tough lesson that maybe they they get three points out of those two games. All of a sudden it's a Rangers series and they might be up 3-1 like the Penguins are. Yeah, it, it's it's possible if you 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 know we will never know exactly. We'll never know, right? Yeah, I, I, that's why, that's why I don't want to dwell too much on it. But that, that's what I, I started say, thinking. Yeah, I will say this though about the the Pitts, Pittsburgh Penguins, and I don't like giving them credit for anything, but they are a really good team at home in the playoffs. You know, yeah. they're so hard to play against. They have they're that team that you just you should you you never feel like they're out of a game or a series, right? They they seem to be so good at just turning the page and coming back with another effort. So um, I'm not really all that surprised that that series is that way. I, I would love to see the Rangers uh, keep going because that building is, is really fun. And fun. I think that would be uh, it'd be a good team. It's good. It's a good team for the league uh, to have them play as long as possible. You know, they, they're good for HRR. And, and as a player, you're always thinking about HRR. And since I'm still being <laughs> paid by Montreal, I'm still thinking about HRR. So it would be nice if, uh, if they could find a way to get into that series and keep going. But but that's that's one of the only uh, times I'll pat Pittsburgh on the back. Of course. Uh, one one last thing uh, before we go here. Uh, the Capitals win this series if what? I think the Capitals win this series if Florida continues to not be good on the power play. And, sure. And, and the Caps continue to be good on the penalty kill. And if they minimize those mistakes. You know, there was the on, – on Florida's first goal, there was one – uh, I think it was a pinch. Yes. Uh, you know that led to an odd man yeah, rush. Two on one, yeah. That's all it takes, right? Like they didn't really have many of those in the first few games. So I'd say that the the and even on the overtime goal, and I don't think it was. It's not like a glaring mistake, but you know, McMichael finds a way to get that puck deep up, going up the wall instead of making a play towards the middle you know, it completely changes the play. Um, so it's just those tiny little, tiny yeah. little things that happen. So that, that's my opinion. I'd, I'd love to bounce that back to you and, and see what you think. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say those things, basically if, if the Capitals keep the Panthers from scoring at five, at five on five is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Cause I think that the power play is going to, going to, going to 
breakthrough at some point for Florida. I think they're just due at some point to score on the power play. But I think if the Capitals can keep the Panthers from scoring consistently at 5-on-5, five five, and a big part of that is Ilya Samsonov, and those Sammy chants, I don't remember before Game 3 of this series ever hearing that in, in that building. And now to hear it often, like, the crowd is behind Ilya Samsonov. And now I started wondering, I'm talking to my friends after the game, I'm like, is he their goalie next year? Like, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but, like, is Samsonov back to being that guy? And I, I think if Samsonov continues to, to play as well as he has, the Capitals have a good chance of winning the series. Yeah, I think you're right. That's it. It's it's And it's what have you done for me lately? That's usually what uh, ends up keeping guys around. And so <laughs> that was actually the conversation we had earlier today, er, earlier in the day, just with, you know, a player all of a sudden does really good in the playoffs. And now they become too expensive to bring back the next year, right? And it's it's yep. it's just what people remember last. So I think I think you're right. Sammy can can be a big uh, factor in this series if he continues to play as good as he is and and playing with passion, which I think is is what he's playing with right now, wanting to prove people um, prove people wrong and prove people right, the right. ones that have been on his side. So yeah, I think I think you're right. But man, am I happy for uh, for some more hockey games to watch? Yeah, were you on the pregame show last night? I was for one segment, 15, about 15 minutes of it. And I, I double earplugged so I could actually hear what was going on. So that was, that was kind of nice. I didn't hear a single thing the last time. So we, uh, we did one of those. We highlighted Jojo, um, in that segment that I was into, which I think is, is very deserving. He's been, he's been really solid. Yeah. yeah, He's been, I think we talked about it too, right? Like, where was he going to, where was he going to slot in? We had him possibly being out. You know, like de- depending on what was going on, and then all of a sudden he—you don't trade for him to to, to to sit him out, but I I wonder where he was going to fit top top nine basically. Exactly, yeah. And now and now look what he's done. Like he's been, you know, having having Tom out of the lineup. I mean, we don't know exactly how the series changes with him in, but having him out of the lineup hasn't really hurt the team at all, right? Like Mantha stepped up; he's played really well. Yeah, he's been really more well. physical than than normal. Jojo's been unbelievable. Sherry's been great. You know, like. Lots of other players have been able to fill that void. So we don't know, you know, if if Tom comes in, does does the series do the games get more heated? You know, is there is there more more contact, even more stuff after the whistles? We don't we don't know. Does that, you know, detract from from the game? That's that would be like the only negative, you know, having him in the lineup, maybe. But he's smart enough in the playoffs to know not to not to, you know, get too crazy. Um, so I think that that's that that would be the only thing but having him back we no no clue how this series changes right yeah i i wouldn't get too optimistic about about seeing tom wilson in the series no we don't think he's even gone on the ice right so i think we're uh i think they're hoping that they can get through this let him rest up and then maybe come back so it's unfortunate i i I understand the playoff injuries all too well now so it's uh it's a tough spot to be in as a player, but you know it's 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 hard as the team too. Yeah, I think the Capitals are going to have to win this series without Tom Wilson. But everybody enjoy Game Five. We have at least two games left in the series. A uh, Game Six at home on Friday. Carl, thanks for this, and thanks everybody for listening to All Caps. <laughs>